This week on Prequel Sequel Remake. Don't miss Prequel Sequel Remake. Turn it on. Listen to us grieve about movies. And then do a reprieve. Sniper rifle. I, really I, mean, I would love that. Do you remember when everyone was like, no, he's dead? Yeah. He's dead. I, I, Steve died. No, he went, just went to college, right? Yeah. No, well, that was before like, the show was they, even... That's what they said. Um, that he left the show because he... No one know. realized he played Steve for 10 years. Yeah, exactly. It was only like 10 years he'd be on that show. He's like, no, I was just... I was like I was like 36. And it was just like time to stop doing this time kid to, show. Yeah. Like, I made my yeah. money. Like, I got to go do my music thing. That failed. But, like, I don't really have to work much. I get residual checks and... I'm alive, very happy. But yeah, everyone was like, "No, he's dead." <laughs> Thank he's you so dead. much. He I died. loved, I love Blues Clues. <laughs> I have, a regular dude. I have recently Blues Clues traveler. <laughs> Go ahead. Peter. I've recently corrected people on that. People think he died. Still, oh god, urban people legend. Still think that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever think that uh, maybe he's dead? <laughs> I mean, that would be scary, right? Because it, yeah, because it's Halloween. Halloween. It's Are we recording this? Yeah, y'all, y'all gonna mess with this uh, live-action Sonic the Hedgehog movie starring Jim Carrey and like yes. Ryan Gosling? Yes, Sonic. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a piece of shit. Sonic it, sucks. There's no way it's gonna be. Why is it live-action? I, Desmond. I don't know. Why do there need to be any humans at all? Why do you want to make Look. a Sonic movie <laughs> <laughs> at all? Because Sonic the Hedgehog is known for its amazing story and voice acting. Like, Jesus. Instead of like making new Sonic... franchises, we're just going to milk old ones. Which what? is actually yeah. something that we are sort of doing ourselves. <laughs> Very here. familiar with that. So yeah. if we're, if we're, are we anyone to talk? I yeah. Don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, well. we are. That's yeah. the answer to that the, fucking question. The answer question. is this is our podcast, it and is. this is us talking. So yes, it we yes we are. I yeah, hope you enjoyed that preamble. Uh, podcast I, hasn't started yet. Yeah, no idea how much of that we're going to end up using. All of it. You heard all. Oh of it. my god, all we, of it. We guarantee you. Are that. we really doing oh, all? How of will it? they know? Some movies shouldn't exist. Let's pretend they do. I'm Creeper Hunter. I'm Deadman's Corpse. And I'm Scab Hand Chew. And welcome to Prequel Sequel. Remake Edition. <laughs> it's getting spooky up in here, yeah, folks. It is. I don't know if I can contain myself well, any longer. It's the season to be spooky. Fa la 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 la. Yeah. La la la. I'm about so, ready to go to that store, buy the masks, buy the little little garbs, and and put them on, and and go around the town getting. They say don't get candy from strangers except on Halloween. Get it from all of us. Just do it in one concentrated night where they can get all the poison. Yeah. All all of it. All the anthrax into your. Uh, See, I put fucking razor blades in my own candy. Shh. 
Welcome to Prequel Sequel Remake, and uh, <laughs> hey, hey, we're, we just finished a season. How's we it did. feel? Wow. Um, oh, it's been another ten episodes. Yeah, it's it's been a marathon. Yeah, it's definitely been a marathon. Tell us about it, man. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. Bring it in for our, our, our editor, Scott Hanshu, and all the work he does. You know, get over here to my right. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. My right. <laughs> <laughs> With Peter. Peter. Our fearless leader, Peter. And all the work yeah. he's doing on the social medias and all the plugging and, and, and all the general uh, uh, work that is hard that, uh, uh, you know, your good old demon, demon corpse ain't, ain't too good at because uh, uh, he's a fucking loaded gun. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't even know what's going to happen. You don't want me talking turkey with anyone. Strike that from the record. That's not true. You can talk turkey with me anytime. I'm a nice guy. But it's been another season. And here yeah, we are. Man. And in good fashion, as we did last season, I think we're going to do a... I don't think I think we are. We're doing a best of episode. That is That's right. right. Yeah, so we've decided that we're going to take uh, one installment from each of us from the last 10 episodes and, you know, combine them together as, you know, our favorites. They're not necessarily like the best, but they're our favorite ones from the last 10 episodes. Um, this will be good for people um, who haven't listened to the podcast yet or, you know, if they're a big fan knowing like what's in our head. Yeah, yeah. What do we'd like? Maybe share little tidbits about those or expand. We could talk about them and uh, uh, revisit them together and, and just yes. go into it. And just a good chance for you to also revisit some of the highlights of the season because it's been great. And e- the best is yet to come. The best we is yet really, to come. really guarantee you that. Let's just say that season three, we're geared up. All right. We're ready yeah. to bring you some fantastic episodes in the future. And our future selves, who I'm sure are somewhere out there listening. I don't know. <laughs> or, you know, um, they just remember yeah. f- saying this because right. they're from the future. No, I'm, I wouldn't, I'm not going to remember saying this. But, <laughs> what, what, you know, but what we're going to do in, 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 in celebration of, of, of the, that future of great episodic content is we're going to look into the past onto what we've already done. Welcome aboard the train of thought. Yeah, I will say that um, if you thought this podcast was Fine Art before, what do you see the next 10 episodes? The fine art is coming, the sophistication, the prestidigitation, the declaration. It's basically, it's going to be fine art. It's going to be so fine. It's thick. And that's the word. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 just it's just call so it thick. thick. And what a season it's been. Yeah. Starting off with Shark Tale, huh, one that we never thought would mean anything. Yeah, and then it was very meaningful. A, a movie watched as an afterthought. Yeah. Uh, and you know, Shark Tale, you know, it really it it touched my heart. Did it? Yeah, yeah. Yep. How did it, it how did it <clears throat> how did it describe in detail? Well, Desmond? What's the next movie? Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I'm glad everyone thought that that, that, that our, us working with Shark Tale was, was such a treat because I never want to take a look at those necklace sharks, uh, those those nuggets of, of meat uh, ever again. Um, uh, the next episode, we have to do something we actually all liked, which is really fun, The Rock. I had actually oh, thought about yeah. that episode oh, for yeah. a while until bringing it up here. Um, that's always great. Stay tuned. We're going to have more Nicolas Cage antics in season three. Oh, certainly. Oh. We're doing a great Nick Cage movie, which is all of them. Fortunately, like, yeah, uh, Nick Cage is one of our favorite, like, personality actors. Oh, yeah. Great, crazy old actors, and uh, luckily a lot of his movies qualify. 
So we can't use him up There's too only quick. one of many. Yeah, I think he's only been in two prequel sequels or remakes total. Like National Treasure 2 and then... Um, Ghost Rider 2. Ghost Rider 2. Yeah, that's it. Ghost Ride do with Whip. But I love his 90s oh, crap, so... There is a remake gone in 60 seconds. Yeah. I, okay, but you know, there's a lot we can yeah. do. There, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, The Rock was a badass movie. Um, has a great score, great a lot cast, of, a lot of face melting, um, a lot of hilariously um, soft San Francisco traffic. Um, Ooh, yeah, hadn't thought time. about this one in a while either. Uh, episode 13, Castaway, was great. Oh, okay. oh uh, yeah. uh, going for more prestigious fare. Yeah, I, I'd say that episode is super memorable, if only for the sequel penned by Desmond about a sentient Wilson volleyball. <laughs> yes. Well, that was, a, that was a fun time, and I hope it's what you come to the, come to the show for. If you Absolutely. want sentient Wilson volleyballs, you're listening to the right podcast. <laughs> that, was, that was a good one to, uh, uh, to watch. I enjoyed watching um, Castaway again. Yeah, and it was fun to, you know... It's like we, a lazy Sunday. We, did, we haven't flexed the talking about good movie muscle that much just because we've done so many mediocre or bad films. So it's nice. it was nice to, you know, discuss a film we like. Yeah, it's almost weird, like back go, to. going back to like the going to the bad movies afterwards. Like, oh well, yeah, it's it's fun to like talk crap on movies, but I don't know. It honestly feels a lot better just talking about good movies. <laughs> it does, which is yeah. why yeah, we it just feels like less of just like petty nerddom, you know, sort of just like picking away at like you know inconsistencies and flaws. And yeah, I mean, sucks. yeah. We're that we are that, but yeah, I know. And there's gonna, I'm gonna be a lot more of that in the future. So I know what you mean. I, I enjoy yeah. talking about things I like as well, which is, and I think, I think in the future we can safely say I think there's gonna be more content coming to our show where we are just talking about things we like. Yeah, filling some supplementary uh, 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 podcast things that aren't necessarily part of the main show. Keep the keep the the train rolling, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's secret, you know. That's under under wraps, and that's in the vault. It's and, a, uh, yeah. it's it's. There's gonna be a whole lot of sound effects that are gonna have to play before we get into the inside of that vault and find <laughs> those those secret missing podcasts. I look forward to those sound effects. I don't know. I. It's too dangerous to talk it's about. Too dangerous <laughs> to talk about, but maybe some something should let sleep sleeping podcasts lie. Yeah. Um. But the real question is, Scott, um, is the podcast still fine art in the vault? Would you say it's... That's classified, Peter. Okay. <sighs> that's how classified works. Stop, I can't just tell you. Stop talking about it. You know, I'm you know the routine. I'm, I'm, I'm already, just, like, breaking ranks I'm, just, like, fucking look, talking about it. I think it, the people it? need to know if the podcast is still fine art. We have explicit instructions that you know what they are. Be look, the, be the look, boys. Do the podcast. People's commutes are at stake, gentlemen. What are people going to listen to on their commute? Something else. And might I say, Desmond, that's know, impossible. That, you know, <laughs> you can't listen to other podcasts. No, not while you're listening to this one. It wouldn't make sense. There would be overlapping voices talking about different things. You shouldn't do it. Episode uh, fourteen. Episode fourteen. <laughs> the fifth element. Oh, yeah. uh, another yeah, movie another we enjoy. Movie. Yeah. We have like an off the walls crazy movie. Um, I got to watch it with my girlfriend who had never seen it. Um, I had never seen it, and I got to watch it with my girlfriend who had seen it. So yin yang. Right awesome. There. And yeah. you flop. Uh, uh, there's lots of it's always good to make fun of Bruce Willis oh yeah <laughs> I love the fifth element I, I did that was one of like those first uh, when you get the like home stereo system and the DVD player set up that was like one of the first movies it was like this is 
Hell of cool. I, I, you mean I can listen to this when I can pause it whenever I want and, and I don't have to listen to people chewing popcorn in my ear? This is really cool. <laughs> Episode 15, Pineapple Express, which we released on the 10th anniversary of the film itself. We did. That was a lot of fun. That's a really hilarious movie and, and it's, it's, it's a good exercise writing sequels and stuff to um, comedy films. Frames, yeah. frames Jenko. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. guy's uh, he just gets yeah. more awesome by the day. And don't forget uh, Reese Witherspoon. No, Withers Withers Reese Witherspoon. Damn it, I <laughs> messed up the bit completely. <laughs> My brain self-corrected. He's yeah, like, it's no. like, no, no, no. That's, <laughs> surely that's not what you mean. Yeah, No, it is. Ledge Heather. Um, Ledge Um We also had a bunch of... Uh, Trivia this season. We did. That was fun. We had two trivias uh, penned by Ooh, Peter. Yeah, it's yeah, his those, corral, yeah. and you're in it. That was a treat. That was a treat, and I'm sure we'll be seeing more of that in the future as oh, well. Oh, we, you know what movies are coming. We're going to see more trivia. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, in terms of very uh, uh, important bad movies, we hit, we hit a, a, a landmark in this season with Howard the Duck. Ah, uh, episode ah, 16. One of the ah, worst. Oh, man. Uh, nothing else to say about that movie. Episode 17, you Matilda. Um, this yeah. personally had one of my favorite episodes that I've ever written in it. Oh. <laughs> you mean Matilda versus Predator? Yeah. Um, uh, and it was an absolute slog to watch. Anyone got anything else on that one? I mean, I thought it was fine. I remembered liking it more. I thought it was fine. Yeah. I remember being eight. Like it a lot more. I don't remember being eight anymore. No, I, I, that's a lie. I said to you, I don't remember being eight. <laughs> uh, ooh, yeah, Wild Wild West also very very bad. That was so, famously bad. So film. that was so disappointing because we were expecting going into that. You know that would be okay. Like it'd be fun to talk about, but like overall, but it quali- no, <laughs> it wasn't. It was horrendous. It wasn't. I will say, I think if I recall correctly, we kind of just come off annoyed. Other than having we have our good friend Aaron, I guess yeah. down there, but I think we were, we all just seem annoyed with the movie. It, it's an, I mean, it's an annoying fucking movie. Desmond. It's very, uh, very racist. It's very racist <laughs> and sexist. Yes, which just doesn't help and, it all out. Like if it wasn't those things, then it would be like, meh, you know, passable, terrible. No, it's still not. Passable, no, exactly. But still terrible Western movie. But you know, I and then yeah, it, it transgresses like, a bit far. Literally, if you removed all of the racism and the sexism, or you just decided you didn't care about that, this would still be an awful, awful film. Like, it's so boring and long. Ugh. Yes, I'm still annoyed, Desmond, so uh, we comes off correct. Episode 19, Shaun of the Dead, another great film as well. I think I'm just going to keep saying that because we kind of had a theme this this season. Yeah. A uh, great zombie movie. That one's super fresh on the line, so yeah. go, go listen to the episode. Yeah, Get. no. It's still fresh. Episode 20, the biggest piece of shit on Trash Mountain. Matthew Blackheart, oh, Monster Smasher. That's a nice garbage mountain. It's a garbage mountain. Uh, it's different because the trash goes to one area. <laughs> the garbage goes to the other area. They actually separate it at the uh, drop-off uh, garbage yeah. mountain. Well, um, now that we've revisited the wonderful, wonderful fine art uh, we've done in these last ten episodes, um, let's hear from the people that make the episodes possible that aren't us. The fans. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Someone's it, listening to this? Uh, well, I I do want to take a, a moment to, to thank them because, you know, in this crazy uh, media overload world that we live in, it's hard to even find time to watch the big budget shows that you like to sit down and watch with <laughs> that crazy life and the hectic schedules and the whatnot. And the whatnot. And you 
out of all the things, actually chose to sit down and listen to our podcast. That's, and thank you so much for yeah. that. Keep listening. Yeah, please, keep please. stay tuned because the best is yet to come. Yeah, That's right. <laughs> oh yeah, another um, December is going to be a weird month, guys. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Someone might get hurt. Uh, so let's actually just hear from the fans, guys, because using the Anchor app, um, you can send us a voice message, and when we do these wrap-up episodes um, at the end of the season, send us a voice message, um, guess what? We're going to play it. And uh, if it requires a response, we'll respond to it. If it doesn't, we'll still respond to it. That's as fair as just, I mean, anyone could be. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're ready there because... Uh, I seen t- the mailman showing up. Um, the mail store. The, the mail stork man <laughs> crosses the way. The and mail- look where he's coming now. He's flopping his, his man wings and, 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 and you know, kind of coming right across that street. He looks in pain. And he's got in his hand, it's a digital audio message for us. Uh, and let's listen. Hey there, Prinkle Sinkle Julie Shank. And Pete and the boys are just here at the pub. Just wanted to let you know you guys are pretty good. Here's the way to end an audio message. Get me, get over here. What is it, Sucks? How do I stop this? Creepops, get over here. Hey guys, we gotta get out of this pub. Pete says it's time to stage the coop of Oasis and put it in power. Uh, how do we end this audio message? Hey, the kids love Sykes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, they got uh, the Sykes, they got the K Packs, <laughs> they got Pete. They got, they got a very squeaky recording mechanism. Yeah. And, uh, um, um, what's not to like about um, Sykes? He's Martin Scorsese. The kids go crazy for Scorsese. And just remember, that's just is, wow. is a major reminder is, is that this is a family program <laughs> through and through. It's yeah, about, it's, it's about family. It's and, about family, and, and we love family, and we love your family, and and you are our family. This is a prequel, sequel, remake. Family, yeah. yeah. Prequel, sequel, remake. Uh, we want to make sure everybody Aww. feels included and 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 um, looked after, you know, with 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 comedy. And we we hope that uh, you know you take care of us too. You take care of us too. Give, uh, by donating. Side mm-hmm. note: really hope your parents are okay with listening to this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a great audio message it was and uh, you know to tell you the truth though i also i wanted to hear what those people in the background were saying like, it did yeah. sound like they were having a raucous uh, conversation yeah. uh, 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 it sounds like this kid was like having to whisper it to us i don't know I, I, something about, but you know i i think you're onto something there with the uh coup and the uh, <laughs> on the oasis to bring pete to power i think that you know there's definitely something to that and maybe you know brew on that idea a little bit um, report back Yeah, yeah Later <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Alright Well um, Desmond and Scott um, We've got one more Voice message to listen to um, And this poses A very interesting question For all of us to consider Fucking insulting Wait you've already Listened to us 
I mean, yeah, I have to screen them. Wow. What? Fucking prison guard over what? here. It's how you, you fucking you, looking through the mail. I'm just being a producer. I'm protecting you. There's any yeah. fucking I'm protecting you all. There's yeah. any fucking snacks. Peter just goes through. I, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> shut, shut the, oh, really? Me? Why, why is this the envelope uh, open? It, it's, it's, you know, they, they just, they were using tape. You know, they used uh, scotch tape on the outside instead of looking it open. So, I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> Hey, prequel, sequel, recrew. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I wanted to know if you were the Powerpuff Girls, who would be who? Thanks! All right, wow, Whoa. this is... That's fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, hello, long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, <clears throat> that's an awesome question. I love the Powerpuff Girls. I don't know, is it for us to decide who think- ourselves? Let's go around and say... Um, I we, think we well, first of all, we gotta lay three. down, lay down. Sure. Who are the Powerpuff Girls? What are their names? Blossom, Buttercup, and Bubbles. Yeah. Bubbles yes. is the blue one. Buttercup is green. Uh, Blossom is red. Pink, yeah. pinkish red. Um, Bubbles more childish, more like sensitive. Um, that's definitely Peter. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, I think that uh, Buttercup's yeah. gonna be uh, um, a Desmond. Uh, really? but, uh, Des- describe we, Buttercup's and, uh, attributes. Buttercup's and, uh, like tough, though. Yeah. yeah. Am yeah. I the tough one? Yeah, and you're wearing green. Look at him. It's perfect. Oh, I'm I mean, also a, wearing blue. He's got a tough guy with a little bit of attitude. You know. Cool. Buttercup is the one I would want because uh, Buttercup's cool. And uh, why are you blossom, Scott? Because I'm a beautiful flower, Peter. You ever think about that? I mean, often. Thank you. Yeah. Well, excellent <laughs> mails, guys, and thanks to the man stork that brought us said mail bag. It was full of audio messages. It was such a that was great. I, I liked it. It was good. Did you guys like it? <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. All I right. loved it. We I love that last question. People should mail us more questions like that. Yeah, we honestly love getting voice messages. So um, just load up the Anchor Map app, um, favorite prequel, sequel, remake, and send us a voice message in um, in ten episodes. Yeah, because I otherwise I'm just gonna <gasps> I'm gonna have to start calling and I mean I'll, I'll know it's you. Unless we get such a volume of questions that we decide to put more out earlier. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. But uh, now let's get into the meat. And by the Ooh. meat, I mean, like, meat from the fridge that you previously cooked. The leftovers? The Stouffer's? No. Never the Stouffer's. Okay. Well, then I'm afraid I actually don't know what you're talking about. Oh. <laughs> so it was the summer of sequels, boys. All of our best picks of this season are sequels. Whoa! I, it's crazy! You'd think on a show called Prequel, Sequel, Remake, we'd pick out a, pre- a prequel, a sequel, and a remake to do it. But, hey, there's no rules here. And except for the, the rules that we already have in place, but yeah. don't don't worry about that. Hey, the rules were meant to be frozen. We make the rules, man. We really we just make the rules. That's right. And we're just using this as a time to 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 highlight the things that we thought was you know just the best work of the season for each of us. Um, and uh, so we dug down deep and uh, dug a little more, starting with um Scotts. Oh, this is. Man of Mallard, a sequel to Howard the Duck, penned by Mr. Scott Hanshu. Now, Scott, uh, tell me a little bit about the process for creating Man of Mallard. Yeah, mm. let, let me first mm. off say before you before you 
before you can say anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> Let him um, introduce. This shit was hilarious, dude. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. I, I don't think you'd had much experience with Howard before watching it for the show, right? No. I don't never know. It felt like something you'd been stewing on. It was really creative. Uh, the format. It's like that type of stuff on the show. Uh, Werner Herzog. Does, <laughs> what? Werner Herzog, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, just yeah, having him in yeah. there. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. And just yeah. having him follow the, this, how uh, follow Howard around this like a uh, documentary. Great. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, Continue. no, no. It's like a little docu. It was, you know, I wanted to do something that was a little different from just your normal prequel sequel remake, just like super fun rando fest stuff, and just do something that's a bit more serious toned. Um, and I had been waiting to get some Werner Herzog action in there, and it just felt like it was a proper. The chemistry of the different um, different elements there, and it, it, it just you know something that they came together, and it came. To, they actually wrote it pretty quickly, but I was just because I was on one, as the the kids say. <laughs> he uh, makes sure the guitar is in frame, but he doesn't play it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, on that note, let's start up, Man of Mallard. Man of Mallard. Tagline Console yourself You're better alone Destroy yourself See who gives a fuck Ah, that's Yeah, that's grim <laughs> Alright Tagline two See who gives a fuck Ah That's even more grim It was like Sykes Tale level grim already Um You don't get it, it's the Lamb of God but. Oh Anyway Oh <laughs> We would have uh, thought about that. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't have thought uh, that. That's all right. You would have gotten it with the music that I'm playing. Wow. Uh, directed by Werner Herzog. Cool. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. I'm, I'm into it. Oh, yes. God. I hope. Cam- <laughs> Camera racks focus onto a dusty, small condom. There it is. <laughs> I still haven't used it in all these years. I wonder if they made it corkscrew shaped, like my dick. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I was wondering when that was going to be prominent in one of these. Oh, well. Howard blows the condom off and holds it up next to his face. The being holding on to this 30-year-old condom is Howard the Duck, a Marvel superhero turned failed movie star of the 1986 box office flop by his very title. Was the movie so terrible or could there be more to his story? What became of the duck after leaving the silver screen? I decided the only way forward would be for me to visit Howard at his home, a very meager apartment filled with sun-bleached adornments of his past accomplishments. Howard made sure the guitars were in frame, but he did not play them. <laughs> Camera focuses on a photo of Howard during his 1976 presidential campaign. Oh my God. 1976. I almost took this country by storm. Oh, Jesus Christ. It was the perfect time for a third party. That nobody Carter and that quack job Ford. It was time for a duck president and not a lame one. Uh, yeah. Uh. But is it true that you did not officially run a campaign for president and that Minnie wrote in your name as some sort of comic book joke, live action role playing? (laughs) (laughs) Those bastards tried to explode a bomb at my campaign rally. They knew I was a threat to the establishment, man. Fuck, dude. 
but I saw the potential there. Who knows what kind of things we could have accomplished with me at the helm. I wouldn't have pulled out of Vietnam so quick, that's for sure. <laughs> you boys are creative today. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. God, I, I'm, side note, I love that you brought up the yeah. Vietnam being uh, the whole time thing. it was coming up and before, I was like, wow, it's uh, <laughs> one of those things. I, I love, love this fucking show yeah, and how that happens. <laughs> uh, literally, no, we never, like no. we said it before, no, I knew the title of Dez's because I printed it out and that's it. Like I knew nothing. How about to change it? Oh, yeah. I read oh it really? Off. I'm about to say something oh, else. It's happening live. Do it live. Yeah. Uh, the Vietnam War is considered to be a monumental failure of U.S. foreign policy. Are you suggesting that as sitting president, you would have seen such needless strife continue? Are you kidding? Have you seen what the Vietnamese do to ducks? It's just not right. Uh, what are you going to do? It's actually the French to blame. That'd be the French cooking influence there. A lot of people cook duck. Yeah, yeah it's fair. It's delicious. It is delicious. It's no French war. Anyway. <laughs> Howard uncorks his bottle of scotch and tops off his glass. It's 11 a.m. Howard points at a picture of George Lucas and starts ranting. This motherfucker. <laughs> if it hadn't been for him, I would have gotten off this planet years ago. They kept me in limbo about doing this sequel, so I can't book a flight back. <laughs> After the financial failure of the first film, I have to wonder, are there really rumors of a sequel? Or is this just another crude deflection of Howard's to shield himself from his own mediocrity? His desperate attempt to blame others for his own inadequacies, going so far as to blame George Lucas as the mastermind of an elaborate theory, show a level of immaturity most unbecoming. Howard probably hastily cleaned some of the apartment before our arrival, and his clothes appear clean. But the stacks of empty hungry man dinners in the kitchen and the poorly hidden duck pornography in the living room paint an altogether different picture. That does. Yeah. That it. <laughs> Accurate. It was time to sit down and have a real chat with Howard. Camera focuses on a picture of Howard and two female ducks. This was a typical example of what I would get into on my weekend back on Duck World. <laughs> there are two women on your arms in this picture. Am I to assume that polyamory was commonplace on Duck World? Or is it more likely that these ducks were ladies of the night? Prostitutes. Hey, what do you take me for? Some kind of loser has to pay for sex? I was a fully-fledged ladies' man. So then they were both your girlfriend at the same time? We were just having a good time. I, I just can't help it. Ladies are throwing themselves at me all the time for little or no good reason at all. Yes, since you brought that up, I wanted to discuss your on-screen role with Leah Thompson. Was bestiality something you would both discuss during rehearsal? And look, Leah was very professional on set. She just did her lines, did her job. Nothing more. Yes, but were you sexually attracted to her, or were you worried about becoming intimate due to your fear of her reaction to your corkscrew-shaped genitalia? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know what I just realized? I'm late to go to the grocery store. Cut to Howard at the grocery store. 
He is jumping up and attempting to get a Stouffer's Salisbury steak that is too high for him. I love that we keep bringing up Stouffer's stuff. It's just so depressing. <laughs> it is, man. <laughs> Not as much as the Hungry Man dinners. Yeah, Hungry Man. That's the most depressing. Hungry Man is definitely food. worse. But uh, you, so many ingredients. Uh, <laughs> you can just cook that meal yeah. like yourself. Any of those. Uh, They're that simple. Uh, Not when you're a Hungry Man. Or a Hungry Duck. Yeah, hungry. Yeah, should have said hungry duck. Well, he's not on that planet anymore, so it is hungry. That's yeah. what he's used to. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's jumping up and attempting to get the Stouffer's salary steak that's too high for him. Uh, can a duck get a little help here? It would be better if I did not interfere. Jump cut to a store clerk handing the Stouffer's depression meal to Howard. <laughs> I was hoping that once he was full of microwave steak, we could press deeper into the root of his neuroses. <laughs> <laughs> Microwave steak. It sucks. It's not good. Don't eat it. Nah. Yeah. Cook a steak in a pan or on a grill. Yeah. No. Do it. Do it right. Or if you want to get fancy, soup, like that. a the, raw the, steak this past weekend. Ugh. The, the cow deserves better. To go back to your upbringing on Duck World for just a moment, if we could. I couldn't help but notice that everything that has transpired in Earth history has also happened on Duck World, only involving waterfowl instead of humans. Marshington, D.C., Mallard Card, a duck-billed George Washington, the United States of Anatidae. I looked it up. It's a biological term for the family of birds. The odds of two planets sharing the exact same world history are astronomical. Is it not more likely that you grew up on this planet, Earth, in this world, and that you invented this alien backstory as a defense mechanism, a way to shield yourself from your own inadequacies? You're sort of inventing this larger-than-life portrait, but when we're speaking, I must say, there's not anything about you I find all that interesting. Oh, God. Wow, Warren, way to really twist the knife. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, man. I really fucking love the route you took with this. <laughs> <laughs> you can talk more about when you're done, but I really like this. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, Scott's always had a very good Herzog impression. Yeah, yeah I think that time we broke it out. But, just about the right, play the your right strengths. space for it. Yeah. Uh, uh, but this is very f fun. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm an alien from Duck World. I can't help that everything in history happened exactly the same the way that it did here. It just did. But to me, Howard, it just sounds like lazy writing. A cheap attempt at a few sight gags. Nothing more. Yeah, I don't see how any of that is my fault, but whatever. Why are you here, Howard? Why did you come to this planet if only to complain about wanting to leave immediately? No, I seriously have no idea. I was just sitting in my apartment and I got sucked through space. There was some sort of malfunction with some space equipment or something. But that doesn't work, Howard. That doesn't work because it's not enough. In cinema, you know, there has to be some reason for a character's actions. You have invented this persona to solve what crises in your own life. This isn't a persona. This is who I really am. I'm Howard the fucking Duck. Let's talk about the lawsuit. Disney almost sued for copyright infringement because you look an awful lot like Donald Duck. As a result, you were forced to change your public appearance. Is it safe to say they sued the pants on you? Okay, that's it. I'm done for now. Howard takes off his mic and pushes the documentary crew out into the apartment building hallway. And that was as deep as we could go. 
before... And that was as deep as we could go before splashing back out into the real world. After 30 long years, Howard is still stuck in his delusions of grandeur. For weeks, it becomes hard to reach Howard. But then, something changed. Howard called us. He was full of excitement. The producers of the new Marvel movie, Guardians of the Galaxy, had contacted him for a role in their new film. Could this be the return to the spotlight Howard had been waiting for these 30 long years? Cut to Howard in makeup on set. Howard closes his eyes as the makeup artist applies a brush to his brow feathers. You see these guys? They're making a documentary about me. Oh, yeah? For, for the special features? No, it's its own movie. It's about me. Oh, okay. Tell me, do you know what the first Marvel movie is? I'm talking theatrical films, okay? Oh, I don't know. Iron Man? Iron Man? How fucking old are you? Ah, <laughs> uh, never mind. Perhaps we should have been more careful with allowing Howard to drink before his scene. But that was his choice alone. Now that I thought about it, Howard was rarely without a drink in one hand. Was he celebrating his return to glory or trying to calm his nerves? Once he stepped on set, it no longer mattered. Okay, Howard, uh, thanks for making it out here today. We're just going to roll on this rehearsal take and you just take your time with the line. Ready? Action! I watch from the sidelines as Howard nervously sips his drink, but he fumbles his line. Again. And again. And then again. I can tell from the body language of the crew that this is the last scene of a long shift, and the room is without an ounce of joy. It makes me wonder if Howard paid for this spot in the film. In the green room, after filming, things don't get much better. Howard is now smoking while drinking, wavering on the spot, and completely full of his own self. You know, Pixar, it wouldn't exist without me. It's true. My movie was the catalyst for what would eventually become Pixar Animation Studios. But do I see a fucking royalty check? No. Howard's complete and total lack of awareness was at times astounding to behold. His inability to read the room may have in some way contributed to many critics panning the original movie as completely unsure of its own tone. And then the movie's actual star, Chris Pratt, arrived in the green room to a flurry of hushed excitement and giggles. The room turned on Howard, and Howard the room. As a gesture of politeness, Mr. Pratt made his way over to Howard after a moment of greeting the crowd. Howard the Duck, it's so nice to finally meet you. I grew up watching your movie. It was always one of my favorites. Hey. Can you do me a favor? Can you take my dick out of your mouth? Excuse me? Fucking hot shot, kid, you piece of shit. Oh, God. I gave you the wings to fly, baby. Me. First Marvel movie of all time, right here. This is all I get. One fucking line after the credits have already rolled. I know you fuckers are going to deny me sad credits and have some fucking hack voice actor dub over my shit anyway. Fucking cheap-ass bastards. It was time for Howard to leave. Despite his antics on set, Howard does not say a word on the car ride home. 
The disparity between the moods was unsettling, to say the least. Again, as we documentarians were so caught up in our own act of filmmaking, we failed to take Howard the Duck seriously. But honestly, can you blame us? This just in, a duck man atop the Detroit Superior Bridge threatening to kill himself and is shooting anyone who gets too close. Oh, God. Police say he is armed and extremely dangerous. We bring you live to the scene where filmmaker Werner Herzog is attempting to talk him down. Real point impression. <laughs> Howard, the universe is a strange and mystical place. By some miracle, you ended up here. That means you also belong here. You don't have to worry about the past because it doesn't matter. What matters is what you do with the now. Y- y- you mean that? Yes, Howard, I do. And I know what's best for you, better than you do. So come down from there. Uh, Okay. Okay, I'm coming down. The TV cameras watch as Howard backs away from the edge and steps forward to ease his way off the bridge top. When suddenly, his foot slips and he falls swiftly onto the bridge below, breaking many bones upon impact. Oh, God. Three months later. Camera focuses on Howard's arm handcuffed to a hospital bed. He sips coffee with the other hand. So, as you know, we have not spoken since the accident. How has life been treating you since then? Well, my whole left side is healing from grievous injury. Uh, but honestly, it hasn't been all bad. I've gotten quite a bit of starfucker pity sex, so that's a plus. Oh, <laughs> he would brag about that. He would. <laughs> got, the, uh, got the internet talking about me again. My old co-star wants to remake Howard. Can you honestly believe that? Who the fuck would do something like that? And I heard they fired that Aflac guy, so maybe there's an opening there. (laughs) And are you still feeling like killing yourself? Wow, just... Wow. Sometimes your questions, man. I mean, no, not really. So, there is a future for Howard the Duck? Uh, For the time being, maybe. Maybe. After I serve this house arrest for the gun charge, who knows what'll happen. I'll wing it. The end. Alright, well, um, that was just as good a second time, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, make sure to act more like uh, we just actually listened to that. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and we did, and uh, man, there was some fun old stuff in there. Um, but let's not dilly-dally too much further. Let's... Uh, Go to the next one. (laughs) And chosen for, you know, aforementioned arbitrary reasons um, is going to be the sequel to our Pineapple Express episode, Pineapple Express 2, penned by Peter Hunter. Oh, yeah, that's me. You did write that one. Um, Yeah, it was a it was a it was a rip roaring, adventurous good time. Tell us a little about your your process, Peter. Um, I felt like like if not to get too inside baseball here, guys. Um, 
I feel like often I'll do stuff for prequel, sequel, remake that's just this, but with this. So, you know, like Kill Bill, but with the Spice Girls or um, Forrest Gump. But with Howard the Duck. That's a lot of us. It's not yeah, just you. I know. But I feel you. I know. But um, <laughs> I just wanted to do something like completely like with completely original with like a solid story structure. I was really happy with how I established the villain, Luis Guzman. Uh, I was about yeah, to bring yeah. up Luis uh, Guzman. Because, yeah. because honestly, you'd have to get him to be like the, oh. the villain of the next one. Oh, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> you'd have to be someone that bombastic. I feel like George Lopez could do it too, but um, Luis Guzman is a better actor. Um, <clears throat> I yeah. also love the um, uh, the Bitcoin Saul <laughs> thing. Yes. Uh, and like, he, he only bought it because he read an Onion article. Yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, no, he um, he bought it when he was really stoned, but he remembered he had it because of an Onion because article. Because of an Onion article. Yeah. 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 Super funny. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, without further ado, let's listen to Pineapple Express 2. Pineapple Express 2. And that is T-O-O. Pineapple mm. Express 2. Mm. Tagline, roll up another one. <laughs> That's a good yeah. one. That's pretty good. Yeah. Tagline 2. Pass the duchy on the left-hand side. Yeah. Tagline three. Yeah. An extended bong rip sound effect. Bong ripping intensifies. Yeah. But like written out on a mod POI, so it's just a lot of like W's and O's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Directors, the Cohen brothers. Oh, oh good. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, in this opening scene, you'll understand why. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> San Luis Obispo, California. High noon. Hard-hitting drug kingpin Pablo Escobar, no relation and portrayed by Luis Guzman, stares down the empty desert highway. A fleet of ice cream trucks approaches from down the road. Pablo motions to his right-hand man Wiggles, Will Ferrell. Wiggles and nine goons armed to the teeth step into the center of the road. The ice cream trucks stop just ahead of them. Pablo steps ahead to the lead car and taps vigorously on the window. Excuse me, pal, but I'm, I'm kind of famished. You fellas got any nut butters? The driver hesitantly rolls down the window. Oh, sorry, I, I think we're fresh out. Oh, well, that's too bad. Um, how about some tuxedos? No, I, I, I don't think we have any of those either. Oh, shoot, well, that's, that's just my luck, ain't it? Okay, okay, you, you gotta have this. Um, how about some fudge stripes? The driver shakes his head. Um, sorry, sir, uh, we ran out of fudge stripes the last town over. <laughs> No harm, no foul. Thanks for stopping, fellas. Pablo takes a few steps away and then quickly turns around. Actually, you know, there's just something that kind of bugs me about this. Got any idea what that is? The driver just shrugs and shakes his head. None of them are ice cream. Pablo raises a desert eagle to the head of the driver. Now get you and your nut butters out of this damn truck. Wiggles and the other strongmen approach the doors of the trucks. The drivers exit with no resistance. One driver tries to make a run for it. Wiggles motions to a lackey who tosses him a gold-plated sniper rifle. He dispatches the runaway with a single bolt straight through the eye. Now I don't want no one else getting clever here, capiche? With the drivers subdued, the lackeys break into the ice cream trucks. They quickly find what they're looking for. Pounds and pounds of marijuana. Someone hands Pablo a bag. You know, guys, I admire the creativity, but you aren't fooling anybody rolling up in ice cream trucks. Pablo grabs a fistful of pot and takes a deep whiff. Hot damn! Don't know where you got 
nobody's got this, but I ain't smelled Pineapple Express in almost 10 years. <laughs> All right, boys, load up the cars. What do you want us to do with the drivers? Says Wiggles. Mm, take them out. Wiggles and a few lackeys execute the drivers. The rest load up a line of cars with their plundered bounty. At the front of the line sits a parked yellow Daewoo. A familiar face is at the wheel. He grabs his cell phone and makes a call. Dale Denton, this is Red. How would you like to score big? Title card, Pineapple Express 2. Woo! They're back, baby! (laughs) (laughs) It's been ten long years since the events of the first film. Surprisingly, no criminal charges were filed for the ensuing bloodbath. Partially because the police department was embarrassed by their own officer's involvement, but mostly because it was Jerry's turn to file the paperwork, and, well, if it's past 2 p.m., Jerry ain't filing nothing. (laughs) Dale Denton, now a failed podcaster, spends his days working and living in his Uncle Cyrus's frozen yogurt stand. Man. Dale, you, addressed, you addressed everything I would want addressed. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Thank oh, you. good. Okay, <laughs> okay good. Um, let's see. Uh, Dale is nothing but contempt for the craft of yogurt preparation, but his manager, Sal, as portrayed by a digitally aged Jonah Hill, admires the young Denton's natural skill. You know, Dale, I don't say this about everyone who steps into the yogurt hutch, but let me tell you, I've never seen anyone sprinkle Oreo bits onto a yogurt cup quite like you. If you keep at it in 20, 30 years, you'll have my job. This depresses Dale to no end. He spends the evening doing swigs off an old bottle of Canadian mist and, ah! watching, a, and watching a VHS copy of Tango and Cash. Oh. Oh. Hold on a second. <laughs> for, for anybody who doesn't know out there, Canadian mist is absolute trash. Garbage whiskey. No one should drink it. Don't do it. Stay away from it. This is your PSA from PSR. Stay the fuck away from Canadian Mist. You can put that on a fucking bumper sticker. Now, now, future Scott, edit that into the... Op- open the podcast with that PSA. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. But um, if you do find yourself in a situation where you have to drink Canadian Mist, and you don't have to, you can always say no. But if it's the only thing to drink... Diet Pepsi is the only thing that cuts it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Okay, go ahead, Peter. Yeah, no problem. Um, um, Kenny missed watching a VHS copy of Tango and Cash. Uh, the next morning, while enjoying a breakfast of gently defrosted Totino's pizza rolls, Dale spies a familiar face in a newspaper left by a local transient. It's none other than hapless local drug dealer, Saul. Hey, Sal, I'm, I'm going to take a break. Okay, buddy, but when you're back here, I'm going to need you to break up that pallet of peanut brittle out back. <laughs> Dale pulls out his mostly shattered flip phone and dials up Saul. Dale! What is up? Uh, nothing much, Saul. I just saw you on the front page of the paper. What the hell did you do? Oh man, so that's what the photographer was for. I thought it was just for fun. You thought a photographer with like lights and flashbulbs and shit was just there for fun? I mean, you don't have to stop having fun just because you're a professional. I, I, I guess that's true. Look, that's besides the point. What are you doing in the paper? Saul explains that one day back in 2010, he got really stoned and just started buying a bunch of random stuff on the internet. One of those things happened to be 10,000 bitcoins, which were currently valued at a fraction of a cent. He'd completely forgotten about the whole thing until he saw an Onion article about a year ago about bitcoin. Turns out, Saul's a multimillionaire now. <laughs> the article in the paper was about the groundbreaking of Saul's nonprofit children's hospital dubbed Our Lady of Bubby Memorial Children's Hospital. Oh damn man, I'm 
sorry. I, I had no idea Bubby died. Nah, Bubby's still alive. We played Canasta yesterday. I, I just want to head to my bets, you know. That's kind of fucked up, man. <laughs> so is death, Dale. So is death. Hey, Dale, I'm gonna need you to get on that peanut brittle ASAP! Uh, all right, dude, my boss is yelling for me. I gotta go. Um, no, no problem, Dale. Hey, let's go on a cruise or something. Like, like to the Bahamas? Nah, man, like one of those old people cruises. Why would you want to do that? We'd rule like kings. Uh, all right, man, I gotta go. Dale slips the phone into his pocket, feeling even worse about his station in life. He's bought so much dumb stuff on the internet while stoned, but none of it ever made him rich. What did those pound puppies he bought on eBay ever give him aside from a nasty silverfish infestation? Dale puts these thoughts to the side to focus on breaking up some rather stale peanut brittle with the blunt end of a spatula. Suddenly, his phone starts buzzing again. Saul, I told you I'm at work, I can't. Dale Denton, this is Red. Red? Holy shit! I haven't heard from you in years! Where the hell are you? How would you like to score big? Meanwhile, Pablo Escobar and Wiggles are enjoying several bowls of Pineapple Express. Man, I don't know if this shit's just good or if it's even better just because we had to take so many lives to get it, but this shit is good! It all tastes the same to me, Pablo. Man, for a guy named Wiggles, you sure are boring. It's that type of apathy that allows me to execute a fleeing ice cream man from 40 yards out. Fair enough. A nearby rotary phone rings and Pablo gets up to answer it. Hey, Newton, my old friend, what's up? Yeah, yeah, we're dropping the pineapples off at the docks as planned. You transferred the money? Ah, it's my boy. All right, I'll talk to you later. Love to your family. Pablo hangs up the phone. Man, whoever said crime doesn't pay really, like, took the definition of pay pretty literally. If you consider the physical and emotional toll, then maybe it doesn't. Wiggles, you're an asshole. We cut to a dingy taqueria somewhere deep in the valley. Dale and Red split a plate of dulce taquitos. Those are regular taquitos covered in dulce de leche sauce. So this guy, Escobar, he's running pot all throughout the state, hijacking any of the shipments of the primo stuff going to the dispensaries to keep his business afloat. And you'll never guess what he just got a hold of. I mean, there are a billion strains of pot out there. You should probably just tell me. Dale, that's why you're no fun. I, I can guess if you really want me to. No, you've, you've already ruined the fun of it. N now I'm just upset. Nah, I'm sorry, dude. You're not... But that's okay. I, I forgive you anyway. It was Pineapple Express! The first that's been in the state in 10 years! Oh man, that's awesome! Where can I buy some? Nah, Dale. We're not gonna buy it. We're going to steal it. I, I don't know, man. Didn't we get stuff messed up bad enough the last time with Pineapple Express? Look, I'm not saying it went smoothly. Sure, I had to spend 10 months in the hospital, and you had to have a new ear made from your good butt cheek. But think of the memories. And this time I have a totally foolproof plan. This is our chance to make an assload of cash and score some Pineapple Express, too. Mm. <laughs> I, had the, I had the Tischler line <laughs> in Pineapple Express. Ah, uh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. We, we have to have... No, you actually made sense of that. <laughs> T-O-O. You, you, you have to talk about these things, even though they make you uncomfortable. You have to push through it, because that's what being an adult is all about. Uh, I mean, I, I guess, Scott. Um, <laughs> all right. I do like the sound of that. Dale looks at his Yogurt Hutch name tag in disgust. Okay, screw it. I'm in. What do 
we have to do. It won't be easy. Would help if we had someone with big money. Red, you read the newspaper lately? Cut to Saul's exact apartment from the first Pineapple Express. Nothing has changed. There's still vomit in his printer. Ah, uh, you didn't clean that? I mean, okay, yeah. it's so dry and like a not uh, smelly at that point. At that you point, could at least take a handful of newspapers and swirl it about as if you were cleaning it. Uh, the trio smokes copious amounts of pot and doesn't accomplish much else. Millionaire, why are you still slumming it up here? Look, man, like, I like it here. I got it smelling like the weeds I like, and it's rent controlled. Besides, I'd have to contact all my customers and let them know I moved, which is kind of a bitch in itself, because, like, how am I gonna know which burner they're using that day? I think what Dale's getting at is that you won't really need any more customers. You're already rich. Okay, but, but, what will I do for work? Dale and Red just kind of look at each other. Look, this is all beside the point. Red, tell Saul what the plan is. All right, here's the deal. Pablo's guys are moving the Pineapple Express into shipping containers down by the docks tomorrow night. Pablo and his goons control all the businesses around the docks, so he usually doesn't carry a lot of security on these transactions. Saul, you and your money are going to be our way in. You're going to give the guards at the gate a few Benjamins and tell them you want to see a box of pineapples. A box of pineapples? It's code, Saul. It means that you want to rummage around the unclaimed shipping containers. The code is very specific, so don't mess it up. Pineapples, man, I got you. While the guards are distracted, Dale and I will sneak in with four AK-47s we bought at a gun show with cash. It's pretty fucked up that we can just do that. It's super fucked up. Anyway, that'll give Dale and I a clear route to the trucks with the weed. I see how much they grab, and these things should be crammed to the brim with Pineapple Express. While Dale covers me, I'm going to use my secret ninja training to sneak into one of the trucks and fill our duffel bags with the stuff. They have so much of it, they won't even notice. Now what I have to do is sneak out with the stuff. Wait, wait, Red, what do I do? You're going to take your sweet time rummaging through the abandoned shipping containers. Smoke a crap ton of weed beforehand just to be sure you're really... Really take your time. Can do! Wait, so why are we bringing the AKs? In case something goes wrong, Dale. Did I tell you these dudes executed a dozen ice cream men? Crap, I work at a yogurt shop. That makes us, like, cousins. Oh, that reminds me. Dale gets up and dials a number on his cell phone. Dale, where you been? We're at the post-gym rush from the afternoon Zumba class. I need you here as soon as you can. Sal... I'm not coming into work anymore. What? What? Was it was it something I said? Nah, Sal, it's just that I don't care about yogurt like you do. But Dale, you have so much potential. I wasn't joking when I said you could have my job someday. Well, maybe I don't want your job, Sal. Maybe I want to go my own way. Is, is there anything I can do? Nah, Sal, I'm afraid this is goodbye. Sal starts sobbing grossly. Well, except for when I come by to grab my stuff and, and to, like, get my last check. But y you know what I mean. Sal sobs even more. Dale hangs up the phone. Cut to a montage of the guys touting guns and driving out around L.A. set to Cypress Hill or some other vaguely 90s stoner hip-hop music. Also, the guys eat a lot of fast food because, you know, stoners. You know. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 
I'm glad that he learned his uh, lesson about, you know, calling the job and not just, you know, failing to show up you yeah, know, from exactly. my movie to yeah. yours. You know? Yeah. yeah. There was going to be a line about him getting fire- fired, but I just thought that'd be obvious. Like, because like you said, he didn't show up for days. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I'm surprised that Jonah Hill was willing to take him back. I guess the standards for a yogurt truck are pretty low. So. I mean, he's just got he's got so much potential, Scott. Okay. Yeah, it's true. He's, no one sprinkles those oh, Oreos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and peanut brittle. I just want to say, who the fuck is putting peanut brittle on the ice cream? When's the, uh, yogurt. And when's the last time you've been to a frozen yogurt stand? They have ridiculous toppings. Like I, they, I haven't. Yeah. I don't. It's not something I would do. But I will say, peanut brittle is very chewy and sticky. I mean, you want to pull a molar out by the root. You eat some peanut brittle, yeah. and it will literally remove your teeth from the gum. That's why it's best that old people eat them? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Alright, <clears throat> moving on. It's finally the night of the big heist. The guys are seated in Red's day woo with Saul in the back, smoking up a storm. Alright, Saul, are you stoned enough? Brother, I'm bolder! Okay, that makes no sense. I think he's good. Saul stumbles out of the car and makes his way to the gate. He slowly hums the Lime and the Coconut song under his breath and starts skipping away. The two guards stop him in his tracks. Hey, what the hell are you doing here? Saul casually removes $900 from his pockets and waves it in front of the guards. My good man, I would like to see a barksa. Saul stumbles at the thought. He knows it's on the tip of his tongue, but he can't quite get there. A box of, um, a box of peaches? Yeah, man, a box of peaches. All right, follow me. The guard takes the cash and Saul follows him. The other guard remains at his post. God damn it, Red, the other guard didn't move. Look, look, maybe he's just taking his time. Maybe he's real slow-like. The guard starts picking his nose, but otherwise doesn't move. Oh my God, we're so dumb. Why would we think both guards would go with Saul? Okay, look, it's not so bad. It's just one of them, and we have some dope AK-47s. That's got to count for something. (sighs) Okay, but you're taking the lead on this one. The two make their way to the guard. Hey, what do you two want? Red stands perfectly still and doesn't say a word. Suddenly, he pulls out his AK-47 and points it straight at the guard's head. Really, Red? That was your first move? Look, Dale, I got this, okay? Now just get out of the way and nothing's going to happen. The guard immediately swings his gun and clocks Red in the face, and then aims his gun straight at Dale. Okay, 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 I'm dropping my gun. See, look. Get your friend up and head that way. Dale does so. Cut to... Saul is led to a shipping container by the guard. Alright, this is the spot. Go on in. The guard swings the door open. Saul's eyes go wide. His heart is filled with joy. He can hardly believe his luck. He jumps into the container's contents, Scrooge McDuck style. The Bacon Wave, ShamWow, The Wonder Wallet. You're only supposed to be able to buy these as seen on TV, but they're here! Saul's completely forgotten why he's here and what he's doing, but just out of sheer joy for the sort of functional future landfill waste around him. He swims about it for several minutes. Cut to Dale and Red are seated with their hands zip-tied behind their backs and hoods over their head. They're quickly yanked up. Pablo scoff. You're always a meddling son of a gun. You know, it's funny. When I met you, I half expected to kill you. Now look where we are. Wiggles is beside Pablo with a double barrel shotgun fixed clearly at Red's head. What did you think? You just walk in here and make off with our latest score? Please. 
please! We're a freaking armed and dangerous, bro! You think we'd protect a million dollar sale with two dudes? Man, I almost don't want to see your dumb brain spread on the pavement here. Well, almost. Wiggle presses the barrel against Red's temple. This looks like this is the end. Suddenly, the air is filled. No, go ahead. This is the end. Actually, had a, a uh, uh, them spoof their proposed idea for a pineapple express. It did. Yeah, trailer. Yeah, did. yeah, we're, yeah. So, I don't know. It's funny to me. No, that was that was thought about. <clears throat> that they will never do. No, apparently not. <laughs> we'll see. They could do it in like twenty years, like Clerks too. I'd rather see Peters. <laughs> I much. I'm really like. Uh, yeah. If I'm quiet, I'm definitely just like this is pretty on brand for. Uh, <laughs> Express sequel. Like, yeah. Louis Guzman is no, the fucking uh, villain. Is uh, like, yeah, that's, that's rich. Suddenly, the air is filled with a noxious white powder that gets stains out of almost anything. Oh, no. Wiggles, Pablo, and the rest all cover their eyes and claw away at the air. A large cylindrical object clocks Wiggles in the face. One oddly colored pen hits Pablo in the chest. Where did that come from? Dale looks down at the object that struck Wiggles. Is that a fucking shake weight? Saul emerges from the white haze, armed to the teeth with as-seen-on-TV products. He sticks a slap chop on Wiggles' throat. Chop this, buddy! He presses down and severs all his vital arteries. He cuts Dale and Red's zip ties and tosses them both a perfect pan. It cooks an egg perfect every time. Let's rock, boys! The friends start assaulting the blinded drug dealers with ceramic-certified never-stick pans, caving in various facial cavities and causing some real bad damage. Suddenly, Red is hit with several bullets to the chest. Y'all are the dumbest people I've ever met. I have a gun. Y'all just have a bunch of garbage some dumbass never remembered to pick up. Drop your pens. Drop your pens. Dale and Saul do so. Now y'all are gonna get killed real good, nice and slow like Pablo Escobar style. Oh no, I've seen Narcos. No man, I'm Pablo Escobar. Are you guys? No, we're not related. It is not an uncommon name, you racist-ass crackers. I mean, you're saying we're racist, but you're saying crackers? Shut the hell up. It's clearly not the same thing. He cocks his Desert Eagle and points it at Saul. Suddenly, Pablo is lit up by machine gun fire. A Rambo-esque scream echoes throughout the docks. Dale and Saul turn to the source. It's Sal! Sal continues unloading bullets into Pablo and screaming hysterically while his body has turned into blood-colored pudding. Hey, uh, Sal, I, I think he's dead. Yeah, you're probably right. Sal drops the automatic weapon at his feet. Hey, man, not that I'm not grateful you saved us and all, but how did you find us? You butt-dialed me six hours ago. When I saw your plane going to hell, I stopped by a gun show and drove on down. Man, the laws in this country are really messed up. Yeah, man, I got that for $65. Suddenly, Red pops off as if nothing just happened. We good now? We not dying? Yeah, Red, we're good. The gang hops in one of the trucks full of the Pineapple Express and drives away. You know, Sal, I think the yogurt business might not be that bad after all. Nah, man. F*** yogurt. The end. (laughs) 
<laughs> that Danny McBride. Yeah, oh, man, gotta love Danny McBride. They should have called him Danny McHusband, you know, because he's a fucking dude. Oh wow, well, <laughs> you know, hey, far be it for me. Uh, fucking, a little bit of Danny know. McBride humor in yeah. here. Sorry, yeah. oh. they should have called him Danny McNuggets because you know he probably likes fast food. <laughs> I mean, Fuck. everybody likes what? everybody likes fast food. They just you know don't like that they like fast food. It's yeah, it's only because it's just you know. Uh, GMO'd to perfection, I guess. Um, hey, it could happen. Hey, it can and does happen. And it's time we stop <laughs> pretending that it doesn't and talk about what are the ramifications of it do. All right? Um, uh, the ramifications are flavor. But the ramifications of this podcast um, is that there's one more installment for this podcast. That's right. And I feel like if you're a long-term listener, you know what's coming. Like I feel like this was penciled in for best of... The second it happened, like, am I on. wrong? Am I wrong in thinking that? No, I'd I'd say uh, it is a classic on, on uh, a PSR classic, and uh, <laughs> it was actually a, a a real close like one two finish between this one and um, Matilda, uh, Matilda versus, versus Predator, Predator, which is which is also fucking awesome. But yeah. just go back and listen to the episode; it's there. It's there. Yeah. Uh, but it's also, not going it also away. feels like it just happened. You know? Yeah, yeah right. So in this way, we kind of you know we bring it full circle uh, on this season of prequel sequel remake, and we're going to talk about the sequel to Shark Tale, a one Sykes tale. Come jump in with the whole entire family, written you, by Desmond Port. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, who else? <laughs> the good old Sykes. Uh, hey, it's Sykes. That for some reason happens. <laughs> hey, Sykes could happen. Uh, basically, just all that is. I, ever since I saw that movie when I was young, um, was a weird choice to have Martin Scorsese as a character in a movie. He doesn't really act. He's like no, known he as a director. It's just weird to like make a caricature of him. It's like making George Lucas play someone and modeling a character after him in a movie, like an yeah. anthropomorphic rat or something. <laughs> I don't know, um, and and just through that because I hate Sykes, I, I I just inserted the the baby boomer Margaritaville dad character into him and just wrote a tale about the saddest individual ever, and it's fucking funny. Um, yeah, mission accomplished, Desmond. <laughs> like, there's just so many little details that show how much you hate like this person. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Um, stealing restaurant ketchup is like a line that <laughs> still kills me. <laughs> Like someone who's that, like, uh, they just, they don't check it, you just leave it on your table. I I still, I couldn't, even if I try, I don't think I could read out the part where he gets beaten and has a heart attack. Like, like, just like, the old man trying to fucking open his door, and punk's mugging him, and he fucking, like, almost died. Fucking classic, uh, classic classic punks in a a movie, you know, they're always just jumping around, and they, yeah. Very, you know, very well put together. Yeah, they, you know, they took hours of makeup <laughs> to look like that, and and you're gonna just definitely just go out and fuck off on the street. Yeah, those, all those little shorties gonna come fuck fuck you up. Uh, but uh, you know, you don't need just fucking listen to it. Yeah. Without any further ado, other than this, further ado <laughs> after Desmond just you know. <laughs> Basically, was waving us all on here. Uh, let's go to Sykes Tale. Let's go to Sykes Tale. Shark Tale Two, Sykes Tale, Sykes's big vacation adventure. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm, I'm in. Tagline: This summer, hop on in with the whole family and everyone's favorite blowfish, Sykes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Director Sophia Coppola. <laughs> oh man, that's gonna jack up the budget real good. <laughs> Following the events of the first film, whale wash owner and general fucking scumbag Sykes the Blowfish, played by the returning Martin Scorsese, oh my God. faces the closure of his whale wash. His old employee and pal, Oscar, played by a noticeably absent Will Smith, has since cut all contact and ties with him after becoming the Shark Slayer and reuniting shark, shark mobster Don Lino with his wacky son Lenny, Robert De Niro and Jack Black, respectively, also absent. Having no employees to manipulate, and Oscar releasing tapes of various racial tirades from Sykes himself, <laughs> business ceases. <laughs> Fucking Sykes gate up in here. Oh man, Sykes gate. Sykes hashtag oh, Sykes. I love, I love how he's just Mel Gibson. He just made Sykes Mel Gibson. Uh, oh boy. Flash a big picture of Sykes on the screen. Oh wait, there is no screen. It's a fucking podcast. Oh yeah. Sykes returns home one night to find his wife Linda, Jennifer Coolidge, having amazing sex with the two Rasta jellyfish from the first oh. film. Oh, man. Tentacles oh. worm and writhe oh. to and fro with passionate oh. finesse <laughs> until she finally reaches the most no. epic climax, which could never have been achieved or gifted by the likes of Sykes. Oh, fucking hentai. <laughs> Jesus, she finally notices Sykes, then reaches for a cigarette unashamed. She looks at him silently with absolute disgust. Until he turns around and leaves. One of the Rasta jellyfishes cuts up Sykes' social security card and uses oh. it for crunch paper. Oh, no. <laughs> holy, holy crap, Des. Sykes is played by Cux McGee. Jeez. That's What's like, wrong with this? Uh, what? What? <laughs> what? I don't know, man. This is a content leap for you, man. Yeah. I think anyone said I've had graphic tentacle sex yet. I never said the tentacles a, were going a, in anything. Why do you... T- uh, you she achieved ultimate did. climax. She's ultimate climax fucking the jellyfish. There's, I mean... Maybe there's tentacles. You're, ba- you're making it dirtier than it is. Scott, roll back the clip where he says the tentacles are going every which way. Roll it back right now. Tentacles worm and ride. Oh. Passionate oh. finesse. That night, Sykes sits in a seedy motel. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, just keep going. That night, Sykes sits in a seedy motel, nodding off on a heroin-induced haze, no. finishing his dinner of lemon slices and sugar. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jeez. An ad comes on the TV for the glorious vacation resort of Aquarius Springs with gambling, escorts, swimming, I guess, and Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. <laughs> Feeling he needs to get out of town for a bit, Sykes begins to pack his bags. Sykes arrives the next day at the glorious vacation resort in a freshly stained Tommy Bahama shirt. God. Oh, he's so sad. He's the saddest character, Desmond. That's a funny line that I wrote. I mean, it's freshly stained. No, you're, you're painting a picture. It's a sad picture. It's Sykes' tale. Yeah. Sykes' big vacation. What, what's your time to bring the whole family along? <laughs> Lemon slices and sugar for dinner? (laughs) He's a fucking Hey, if you can have cookies for breakfast, I mean. Hey, it could happen. Hey, it could happen. It's not candy. It's it's what a junkie eats, which is also candy. Which is also Sykes. Which is also Sykes. Over the next few days, Sykes drinks excessively, (laughs) makes other douchebag baby boomer friends at the bar, telling stories of bands they all conveniently traveled with before they got big. Steals restaurant ketchup and more. 
Most of his time... <laughs> most of his time is spent bloated with beer in hand, going on the lazy river over and over as Walk the Dinosaur plays on repeat. Oh, God damn it. It's going to be stuck in my head until I uh, die. Uh, After mixing too much coke. With <laughs> oh, you uh, keep reading. You're fighting through the laughter. And you keep reading. After, after mixing too much coke and bourbon, Sykes waddles himself back to his hotel room. <laughs> but it's too... But it's too drunk to get the key card in its slot. <laughs> a group of monkfish college bros walk by him. Oh Sykes desperately asks them for help opening his door. But they instead mercilessly... <laughs> oh, they, instead, <laughs> they instead mercilessly beat him half to death. And oh. Him, oh! Oh my god! And leave him in the hallway. <laughs> Overweight and in his late 50s, Sykes also has a mild heart attack. Oh my god. Awakening in the hospital, Sykes is greeted by the elegant resort owner, Narwhal Claudius Marcellus. <laughs> Sorry, what? Oh, nice. We know you're. Because I'm got a Narwhal shirt. He's got a Narwhal. Oh, oh, you no, do. You mean, you mean a business but I'm not, suit? Uh, the suit. It's it's actually a business suit. Business suit in a year. It's actually really funny. I noticed that earlier, and I was like, why is that significant to something? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah we know. Uh, yeah, I bought it for Scott's birthday like eight years oh, ago. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's right. Awakening in the hospital, Sykes is greeted by elegant resort owner, Narwhal Claudius Marcellus, played posthumously by Ricardo Ricardo Montalban. Claudius apologizes for the incident and offers to cover all medical bills and take good old Sykes out for an evening out in the town. Oh, this ends well. (laughs) Sykes, of course, accepts. It's always sunny in Margaritaville. Uh. (sighs) The nearby doctor reminds Sykes how he should not drink and party so soon after having a heart attack, but Sykes, of course, ignores this. They go out for a fancy dinner, the local sardine ballet, and to the hottest club on the resort, Club Manta, where Sykes annoys all the other patrons by poking them with his blowfish spikes and spilling Uh, beer on everyone's feet. Ah. Sykes and Claudius, along with their entourage of gorgeous mermaids, return to their private section of the club, laughing like rich people and pouring champagne. Claudius gets serious for a moment and looks Sykes directly in the eye. What do you know about fish trafficking? Claudius says. Oh. Oh. Well, uh, nothing. Claudius stares at him even more intensely. After a moment, he begins to laugh. He then goes on to make Sykes a business proposal. Oh, he wants to be full partners, 50-50. All I need is a few signatures to go on the deeds to my new building. <laughs> Silly zoning department. Oh. Red tape presents me from uh, being able to do it. But maybe if you could... Claudius then slips Sykes a stack of paperwork, which Sykes signs immediately. Ecstatic about his newfound wealth, he begins to grow woozy until eventually falling on the floor, paralyzed. The last thing he sees is Claudius and the mermaids looking down on him, laughing. He awakens in a hotel room, in horrible condition from the night before, and a new black eye. The door then slams open violently as the police orcas raid the room. He is beaten even further, cuffed and paraded out of the hotel for all to see. In the interrogation room, Detective Maury Eel, Stephen Michael Quezada, walks in. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like your signature is on the deed to some building where some very, very illegal activity took place. We've got several key witnesses all ready to put the finger on you on the stand, including your wife. 
Anything to say. Anything to say for yourself. Sykes looks down at the desk in front of him, depressed. Tears start to fall. He says nothing. Have it your way. You know, prison will be hard on you. You know what they do to salmon farmers? Do you know what happens to fish you sell other fish eggs to foreign markets? Maury Eel then sets his loaded police issue, issue pistol on the desk. <laughs> Go ahead. I dare you. <laughs> no. Sykes looks at the weapons and begins to cry more intensely. He grabs the gun and sticks it in his mouth. As his life flashes before him, he trembles and sweats. Begins to squeeze the trigger. Then slams the gun back down on the desk, exhaling and crying even harder. Maury Eel picks up the gun and holsters it. You make me sick. Burn in hell, you piece of shit. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Maury Eel then walks out of the room, leaving Sykes alone in the dimly lit room. <laughs> what a room. Uh, Sykes weeps, and we fade to black. Sykes receives life without parole and never has a single visitor. The end. All right, that was Sex Day. Everybody, uh, wow, uh, walk the dinosaur indeed. The the Ah, that song had just gotten out of my head. Yeah, Uh, God damn that song. It's on the lazy river. Uh, It's so, it's such a bad song, but it's so catchy. Mm. Um, but yeah, Sykes Tale, monumental installment for prequel sequel remake. Absolutely, I would say. Um, and you know the energies are running high. In the studio, and uh, yeah, they sound like it, Scott. Well, because we are just we've been so excited to sit down and, and bring to you um, not only some very special fan mail, but also some very special uh, uh, episodes. I want to. Well, I don't want to call them episodes. <laughs> I'm going to call them stories within episodes. Anyway, <laughs> some installments from the show. It's a clip show. Right. It's a clip show. It's a filler. Clip it's a clip call, show. Call it what it is. It's easier for us because we don't have to write a whole movie beforehand. Um, We just get to kick back and relax. Don't you people ever get sick of listening to these movies we come up with? I hope not. Never get sick of them. If anything, get less sick of it. Get more into it. (laughs) Replay all those episodes because, you know, there's lots of Easter eggs. There's stuff in there, you know. You just got to find it, you know. And, you know, those Easter eggs are, they're not going to be bad by now. You know, they're still good. Easter eggs don't go bad. They don't go bad. The coating on them preserves them forever. (laughs) It's just a normal egg on the inside. You swallow them. Keep them warm Uh, in your tummy. Oh, yeah. You uh, raise that chick from the inside out. It's going to be glorious. I was not expecting this bit to go on. But Uh, it did. (laughs) Near far, far wherever you are, I believe that my bit will go on. My bit will go on and on and on. (laughs) You take this man to be your lawfully wedded McHusband. I'm McDoo. Well, hell yeah. We're going to go down to Myrtle fucking Beach. Go to fucking uh, go to Hershey Park. That's not what it's called. Uh, and onward to season three. Um, next week, get ready for a new Halloween episode. Um, the last one of the Halloween season. Uh, I'm excited. Um, and um, unless, you know, our future selves want to show up right now, I think we're... All but done here. No, maybe there. But we do. They were. They are supposed to show up here. What the fuck is going on? Isn't yeah. it fucking late? Yeah. Well, I feel like we've been, you know, bantering on for 
quite a bit here. I mean, they they know when this happened. I didn't fucking buy this portal for no reason, <laughs> Peter. I expect <laughs> results. I really don't know why you bought the portal. I I'm really, I'm I honestly really wish you hadn't bought the portal. I'm like worried about you, man, financially. If you're just gonna be buying portals, it was a steal. Was it a steal? I mean, yes. Of course. Um, what's the what? I'm guessing you got financing. Like you probably didn't buy this. I had zero percent APR financing. That's what it said on the commercial. Um, did you check in and see if that was for the first two years? I didn't even know what the fuck APR financing means. But the fact that it was zero percent <laughs> was very appealing to me. Very appealing. And I said, you know what? Hey, <laughs> these portals aren't getting any younger. You know what I mean? I gotta buy one now. You know? And then and then. And then it'll drop in price for a while, but later when it becomes a collectibles <laughs> item, it'll you know, it'll reappreciate. Now, unfortunately, it was it's not BNIB, all right. You know, it is out of the box. It's not MIB. It's used. It's gonna have some scuff marks around the sides, but it's still you know it's it's workable. You know, it'll uh, it'll get you to point A to point infinity symbol. Well, I think that was a great episode again. Yeah. We love our own show that we make. <laughs> Patting ourselves on the back is just what we do here at Prequel Sequel Remake. Indeed. Hey, you know what's weird? What's that, Scott? So when someone uses the phrase patting ourselves on the back, it's always in reference to an accomplishment. When you think about when you actually like really pat someone on the back, it's usually because they're sad or you know, you're like trying to cheer them up. I don't know, isn't that weird? I don't know. It feels like it's used either way. It's not really that weird to me. Yeah, when you say weird, I thought you were going to mention something about the big old elephant in the studio. Who, Stampy? He's minding his own business. Yeah. I mean, Peter gets to keep his snake in the studio, so... Hey, hey, first of all, Snake Baby lives here. Second, that's a full-grown Asian elephant. Well, it's not an African elephant. It's an elephant! Yeah, and Asian elephants are smaller. Look how small his ears are. It's so cute. S- small? They're like two feet across. Well, they're small for an elephant, Peter. <laughs> yeah, no. Actually, I was talking about the giant portal collapsing space and time into an unknowable void of nothing over there. Ugh, here we are. Right. Here we go again. Look, first of all, I got a sweetheart of a deal on this portal. Second... It's not collapsing space-time into an unnotable void of nothingness. It's ripping the fabric of space-time to create alternate realities and then collapse into our own reality seamlessly. It's apples and oranges, right? I mean, semantics aside, it seems unstable. Well, with all, you know, the cacophony of noise and whatnot. If you have a better way of materializing an Asian elephant into the studio, I'd like to hear it. I really think you're missing the point. Like, several points, actually. Yo, Peter, you got a window I could splash this bucket out of? Desi made it number two. Uh, not really. My neighbors were super pissed last time. It basically splashed down into their window and all over some of them. I had to throw so many homemade pretzel rolls at that whole situation to smooth it over. BT dubs. Thanks for that one, Des. (laughs) Fuck me, then. Sorry, we are late. We are late from the future. Huh, you think uh, being on time would be more dialed in in the future? Yes! Yes, you would! It is not! No, it is not! 
Hey, um, you guys are from the future, right? Um, tell me, how safe are these portals? Well, they aren't. No, they aren't. Look, I don't know what you guys are talking about. The guy at the dealership said that this portal has the highest safety rating for portals in its class. Uh, there's a portal dealership? Yeah, it's right next door to GameStop. Oh, right, right. Hey, did you guys forget the premonition? Premonition! Uh, well, I remember you guys saying the word premonition a lot. Not really sure about what. Uh, wasn't it about Desmond dying on the toilet? I'm confused. What even is a premonition? It's defined on the internet as a strong feeling that something is about to happen. Wait, then how is future us telling us about a premonition a premonition? It is not a premonition. This is a friendly visitation. Just a friendly chat? A friendly premonition. Is that an elephant? Whoa, 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 hey, whoa, 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 stab me, stab me, watch out for that bucket! How do you have an elephant here? Why is there an elephant oh, here? Oh man, that is all over that carpet. Dude. My fucking bad. <laughs> Unforgivable. Uh, just roll around. You'll be all right.